0: Welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. God has planted extraordinary and unique gifts inside of you, but things like fear, insecurities, lies and even past wounds keep us from receiving God's best and releasing those awesome gifts into our world. So this show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging and authentic topics that will help move you competently in the direction of those God-given dreams. As you know, we just wrapped up a four-part series on biblical body image. I thought it'd be fun to bring a guest on the show to have an off-the-wall conversation about body image. I asked my friend, Kristen Ekas to come on and talk about her journey with fitness and body image. Kristen is a speaker, educator, veteran, and coach. She gracefully merges her biblical counseling training and 15 years of health and fitness experience to inspire and educate women on how to make simple choices that create life changing transformation. I know you're going to love Kristen and her fresh perspective on body image as much as I do. So let's go ahead and jump right into my conversation with her. Well, hello, Kristen. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Rachel? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you on the show today.
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: Yay. So let's get right into it because I know you and I have a lot to talk about today. But before we do, in case anybody listening may not know you yet, I would like for you to tell us first kind of the highlight reel about yourself.
1: Sure. So I'm married. It'll be 11 years next month. And we have four children. We grew our family through adoption. So we were foster parents to two sets of siblings that we had the absolute blessing of being able to adopt. Um, So we went from zero to four kids in two and a half years. I have been in the Navy. It'll be 19 years this September. I serve as a religious program specialist. I've been in the fitness industry for over 15 years. I love exercising, and I'm just on a mission to encourage women.
0: Wow, you have quite a... I don't want to call it a resume, but you have quite a highlight reel there. And why I said I asked you to do the highlight reels, because I just think it's fun to kind of give people a timeline of where you are and maybe they can connect some of those areas or maybe maybe they're just super impressed by some of the things you've done. So, <laughs> OK, so we've heard the highlight reel. Now, now let's move on to tell us something that's relatable, maybe a funny story, an embarrassing story. I don't know.
1: Okay. So (laughs) a funny story that I have, I'm not sure if you know that I went through the police academy in 2014. So I was a cop for a couple years. And in the police academy, we had some mock scenarios with traffic stops. And we were supposed to try and figure out what the issue was when the driver got out of the car. The only thing that I could focus on during this mock scenario was the fact that the baby in the back seat, there was a plastic doll, was not buckled in correctly. (laughs) The um, the little plastic car seat carrier was kind of tipping over, and the baby was not buckled in properly, and it just didn't look safe. And uh, meanwhile, the um, instructor, who was the actor for this scenario, was stumbling around the car, pretending to be drunk, with different paraphernalia in his pockets, and the only thing I could focus on was this baby. (laughs) <laughs> which had nothing to do with the scenario. So we all got a really, really good laugh because this supposed drunk driver ended up getting away. but the baby was buckled safely in the back seat.
0: <laughs> so did you get in the back seat and buckle the baby or what what was
1: it? I, I did. I crawled in the back and I started fixing the, the car seat and I'm like, this has to be the issue because this is a you know a violation and the baby has to be safe and I totally. <laughs> didn't no. even focus on the driver.
0: Never mind that the baby's being drove <laughs> by a drunk driver. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. totally a mom move, right there. Is what that Isn't is. It, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Uh, Okay, so one of the reasons why I brought you on the show today was, um, well, first of all, in case anybody listening doesn't know, Kristen and I actually met through Revelation Wellness, right? That's how we met. We're both Revelation Wellness instructors. And if you've been listening to the podcast for the last several weeks, the theme this summer that God put on my heart was all about body image and, you know, particularly being summer and all that. And I have been praying. Up until this point I have been doing all the episodes solo just as kind of a little summer mini series but I felt like God wanted me to bring somebody on to interview and here's some other perspectives because honestly I told you guys this many times and I'll say it again I am, do not claim to be the end-all be-all expert on this topic i feel like God's always teaching us new things and he even teaches it to us differently i feel like depending on your personality and your stories and your experiences and they're still the same truths but they come out they express themselves in different ways and so Kristen was you're the person that god put on my heart because i feel like you have a really you have a really cool story but I feel like you also are just very humble in this department so I kind of just want to ask you some questions from the outside looking in you are you know the whole saw you on Instagram they think wow she's got it all together she must just you know have no issues in this area of body image and you know that would be so nice to be Kristen and you know we have those kinds of thoughts and so I would love to kind of hear a little bit more about where your fitness journey began
1: yeah absolutely. So my fitness journey began well before I was a follower of Christ. So I wasn't saved. My journey really began in high school. I fell in love with movement, and I knew I wanted to study it in college. So I ended up going to college for kinesiology, which is the study of human movement, and just started falling in love with fitness. I didn't finish college the first time I went. I ended up joining the military, went active duty. And fell in love even more with fitness when I had a chance to be our command fitness leader, and I started to see in person the success that they would have when they would make changes to their lifestyle. For example, one guy who failed his fitness test gave up soda for a month, came back and tried it again, and he just passed with flying colors by making one simple lifestyle change. Mm. And that truly is where my love of fitness began.
0: Yeah, and see, so that's what's interesting to me because that really is not a bad thing, you know, like all that you just said, it's it's a great thing. And so now I'd like to hear that's a healthy spot that you found like, hey, I gave up soda and now look at me, I can go do something that I'm actually called to do. That's really powerful. But then what happens when we swing back the other direction that becomes this obsession? And you know, how did you start to get to that unhealthy place then?
1: Sure. So during that same time, while I was active duty, i Just for some, I don't even know where it came from. Ended up looking in the mirror one day and absolutely hated what I saw looking back. And I can't explain to you why that happened. I didn't have anyone say anything to me. There wasn't a specific traumatic event or an incident. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't overweight as a child. I wasn't made fun of. But just one day, I remember getting ready in the morning, looking in the mirror and just absolutely hated what I saw looking back. And that day started my obsession with my fitness journey for myself. And so I, from that point forward, made it a goal of mine to look like the women on the cover of Oxygen magazine. That was my sole focus. I was going to be on the cover of the magazine. I was going to compete in a figure competition. I was going to lose every ounce of body fat that I could. And I was just going to look perfect. And I figured That if I could get to that point of looking that way, then my life would be perfect, then I wouldn't have any more issues.
0: Yeah, I love that you said that because I know I have believed that lie and many, many women I've talked to believe that lie that we think if only I could get that perfect body and really you could fill in the blank with that. If only I'll get that perfect job or if only I'll finally find my husband or whatever the thing is, then we think then I will be happy. So so you mentioned that you started training to do, did you say to be on the cover of Oxygen?
1: That was my goal. That was a far-fetched goal, but I did eventually have a goal of competing in a figure competition, which kind of gives you the start to be in those magazines and on the covers. And so I did eventually train for a figure competition um, when I was in my mid-20s. How'd that go? So it went really well. I had a coach. I trained for four months. I had a plan I was in the gym three hours a day. I was weighing my food. Each different Tupperware container had a time on it of when I had to eat it. I ended up competing and I took second place. And that was kind of my realization of what else do I need to do now to make sure that I have a first place body? Mm. You know, I put all this work into my body, but it was only good enough for second place. Mm. And I, I still couldn't, I was still stuck I wasn't saved at this point and I was still stuck in comparing myself to first place. You know, what what would first place feel like? What would it be like to walk around with a first place body?
0: Yeah. So then did you go back and train to do another one or was that your last one?
1: That was my only only one. And within weeks after that competition, I got the phone call that I was getting deployed to the Middle East.
0: Mm, wow. So how did that play out? I mean, when you're in the military and doing this kind of a lifestyle, does that fit in or no? <laughs>
1: it actually fits in a lot better than it does be not being in the military because they kind of, they support that lifestyle because it's all about fitness and staying in shape and, and being ready for the fight. So it was a lot easier to do it being in the military because the community supported it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then I'm curious to know, cause that is a really big thing. Honestly, I've even struggled with that myself of that, that line between, this is a good thing. You're going to be strong, you know, like that whole strength side of things, which I do think is good to be strong and healthy and stuff. But That whole like not swinging over into the obsession of it. How did you start approaching that differently? Or when did God start tapping you on the shoulder? I guess you said you weren't even saved at that point, though, right?
1: I was not. I actually got saved on that deployment.
0: Okay. So let's hear about that.
1: I was gone for almost a year, and I had known—you know, I believed in God my entire life. There was never really a point where it was, you know, I don't believe in God. He's not a part of my life. But, you know, I was a Christmas and Easter— churchgoer, just like a lot of people grew up Catholic, but always knew there was something missing in my life. And while I was on deployment, our chapel was like a tent. It was kind of a makeshift tent and there was the sand on the ground and, you know, we had service once a week. And I remember going in and hearing the chaplain preach the gospel message during a service. And I knew I heard it before, but this was the first time it actually pierced my heart. Mm. And so I just remember going back to the chapel at night. No one was in there. And it was a windy night because the sides of the tent would flap. You know, I could hear it while I was sitting in there. And I just remember cracking open the Bible and reading that same message that he preached that day and just weeping and knowing this is what I was missing. You know, Jesus is what I was missing and realizing that it literally took God to remove everything from my life, give me nothing but a green sea bag on my back to really lead me to him and to teach me what what my life really should be all about.
0: Wow. All right. So I have to repeat one thing you said in there. You said you'd heard the gospel before, but it was the first time it pierced your heart. I think that's really just a very important thing. And I know this isn't necessarily body image related, but I think it does tie in in that it's very encouraging to hear that, you know, as believers, we don't always know when we share the gospel with somebody when it you know, might be a time that they're actually ready to receive it and maybe not. But either way, it's planting a seed. So that's really cool. So do you feel like that really is what propelled you into the shift in the way you viewed how you were taking care of your body?
1: No, not yet, actually. I knew I started making certain changes in my life with the way that I thought, you know, the way that I would live my life, and things did start to change. But when I went back home from deployment, I went right back into the fitness industry. I was managing a fitness studio. I was working full time as a personal trainer. And I still couldn't understand there was just this gap for me. You know, I had this newfound faith, but I was deeply emerged in the fitness industry, still trying to perfect my body, still trying to maintain this image of being a personal trainer and being a fitness instructor. And I remember going to conferences and workshops and still constantly comparing myself to every other woman there and there was just this huge gap for me i didn't know how to bridge my new faith with my my career that i had and i think what started the desire for me to find that shift and to bridge that gap is when my client started asking me i really just want to fit in this black dress i want to look good at this cocktail party i want to you know fill in the blank it was these outward appearances. And don't get me wrong, those aren't wrong. But I I, I had to keep asking myself, there has to be more. Hmm. There has to be more that I can provide these women than helping them just look good in a black dress. And that is when I really started to start seeking what bridging that gap looked like.
0: Okay. Is that when you came across Revelation Wellness?
1: I came across Revelation Wellness probably a few years after that, mm-hmm. but it was a few years of seeking of what does this look like? You know, it wasn't an immediate aha moment. It was a lot of wrestling with myself and wrestling with the industry and with my faith and even asking myself, you know, this really is unsettled in my soul. Should I just pick a different career? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's so good. And I love that you brought that point up because I had that same wrestling actually before I came into Revelation Wellness. I was at a training for a group fitness thing. I won't say the name of what it was, but they're very intense, high intensity kind of program. And um, we had to do an audition at the end to like finalize our thing. The feedback the instructor gave in front of the whole class to me was he said, you, you know, he's like, you actually blew me away with your teaching and everything was on point. You know, you came alive. He gave all these compliments. (laughs) And then he said, but I need to know why it looks like you got dressed out of your daughter's closet because I had like an over, not over, it wasn't oversized in my mind, but like my, it was not skin tight, you know, everything. And he's like, and you're going to need to lose your belly. You know, like I still had a baby belly going on. Uh, not, you know, the pooch, whatever. And I was just like, uh, like, just like totally taken back. And I came home and cried to my husband. And I was like, my husband's a little upset, but, um, <laughs> but I remember that was the first time when I was like, wait, what? You mean to tell me that I taught well? And I, you know, but yeah, I didn't look the part. So unless I can look the part. I cannot be a part of this club, you know, and this this organization. And that struck me wrong. And so, you know, I think that the Lord just does use certain things, though, to want to make sure that it doesn't sound like a judgmental place of what I just said. It's not judgment because they don't know what they don't know. Right. But it helped open my eyes to, like you said, there's more, you know, there's got to be more here. <laughs> That's it. Just at least for me and what I'm doing, there's definitely more. So what do you feel like then? Um So for you personally, I mean, I know you said you had kind of a wrestling going on, realizing there's got to be more. What would you feel like was your own personal greatest body image disorder that you had to overcome?
1: Um, I think for me, you know, it was it was kind of twofold. Number one, it was constantly wondering and worrying if I looked the part. Mm. You know, I think on the outside for people looking at me, they would probably assume you have an amazing body. Your body's great. I want it to look like you. But for me, looking out, I was constantly trying to figure out how to look better. You know, is someone going to want to train with me if they know I have cellul- cellulite on my thighs? Is someone mm. going to want to train with me, you know, if they know I don't have a six pack? So, you know, it was the focus of myself, but then also the constant comparisons to every other woman in the room, I'll tell you how bad it actually got. And this is really embarrassing for me to admit, but I have to know that I'm probably not alone in the way I was thinking. For so many years, I would walk into a room or a party or, you know, before I was saved, when I was going out to the bars with my friends, um, you name it, walking into any kind of setting with other people, I would constantly line myself up with the other women in the room. Mm -hmm. So it was, well, I'm thinner than her, or I'm bigger than her, or I'm prettier, or I'm not as pretty. And so I would rate myself against every other woman in the room when I walked in. And that is how I gave myself my self-worth. Like that's how I validated who I was. And, you know, looking back on it now, that's, it breaks my heart that I spent so many years doing that. And I can't imagine that I'm not that I'm alone in that. You know, I I really think that unfortunately, a lot of women think that that's the way that they have to earn their worth or their success or their validation in life.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely not alone. I will raise both hands and say, I have struggled with it. And I would be lying to say, I don't still struggle with it in certain ways, not so much anymore in the body part, but even like, giftings and you know, whatever, like that constant, it's such a temptation to do the comparison thing. And I think the most powerful thing is us talking about it. Cause then it brings awareness to some, I think for a while, I know with myself, I didn't even realize I was doing it. You know, when you do something so much, it's just, happening and you're not actually consciously thinking about it, you know, but it's still happening. So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that because I know there will be a lot of women who listen and go, uh yeah, that's me. Um In fact, in one of the last episodes, I talked about comparison and how that causes us to do yard sticking with other women, which just mm-hmm. means then we wonder why we can't enter into close relationships with other women. It's because you're with that comparison, you actually drive a wedge in between each other. So (laughs) yeah. So that's a
1: really great point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I just have yet to meet a woman. I really, well, that's not true. I'm sure I've met at least two women maybe in my life. I don't know that have not had some form of a struggle in this area. So if somebody's listening today and they're like relating to what you're saying about, yeah, I look in the mirror and they're in that season right now. Like I, I hate what I see, you know, or I you know, whatever the thing might be that they're thinking, uh, what would you say to them?
1: Well, if they're thinking that they're constantly comparing this themselves to other women, I would tell them to take their eyes off of her because the more that our eyes are on her and I'm, I'm using her in quotations because I don't ever think it's just one specific woman we compare ourselves to. I think it's just, it's women in general the more that you put your eyes on her, the more you're going to focus on her and the less you're going to focus on Christ. And with this woman in front of you, whether it's a magazine image, whether it's your old body, maybe it's your body before you had kids and your body image issues are really with yourself and you're comparing your current self to your former self, or whether it's your fitness instructor or, you know, fill in the blanks, you put whoever that woman is, when you focus on her, she's going to be before Christ. And she is also going to keep you from completely fulfilling your mission that God called you to, because she's going to be that block, that barrier to get you to that point of being used by God. And someone else needs to hear your story and you can't let her get in the way.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. I'm going to repeat what you said. So take your eyes off her and focus on Christ. That is just really powerful. And I think that's a really practical tip too. You know, just when you catch yourself doing that to just, oh, wait, what am I looking at? You know, just kind of snap yourself out of it. That's really powerful. I like that a lot. You had shared with me that you sent out a body image survey online, right? I did, yes. Okay, so I would love to just hear any highlights you took from that or any any shocking results you might've found from it. Even some of the, if you want to share any of the questions you asked.
1: Sure. So I, I do a talk. I, I, I love to speak and I speak often and I do a talk called mirror mirror an off the wall conversation about body image. And to prepare for this talk, I sent out a survey online. It was completely anonymous. I got 400 responses. It's still open. If anyone wants to fill it out, you know, we can still do that, but the responses Broke my heart. And I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was surprised at just how deep this issue runs with almost every woman. Mm-hmm. And I can share a couple of the questions. One of them was How do you feel when you think about what your body looks like? And it was a scale of one to six. Number one was absolutely terrible, and number six was awesome. And sixty percent of the people that responded had an answer with a number of one, two, three. And one was absolutely terrible. Mm. So, you know, over half are are headed towards that direction of really not liking what they look like. There's just a lot of really Really good feedback on here that really helped me to prepare for this talk. One of the other questions was How often do you compare yourself to other women? And one was never, six was always. 71% of women answered with a four, five, or six. Wow. A couple other questions, too. And this is where every time I read through this, my heart just breaks and I end up in tears because these words have. Women have allowed these words to define them for way too long. And so I asked, in one word, how does your body look to you? Boring, damaged, flabby, huge, thick, fat, inadequate, overweight, frumpy, dumpy, gross, weird... And the list goes on and on. And there are some positive ones in there, such as fit, strong, voluptuous was a fun one that someone had (laughs) in there. But the majority of the responses were just these negative negative words that we as women have allowed to define who we are. Unfortunately, these words, when we allow them to define us, it, it holds us back. It holds us back from moving forward with our goals, with our mission, with our ministries, with our families, with our careers, with our faith, even.
0: Yeah. And the other powerful thing is there's so much power in our words. And that's something God's been really speaking to me about because I majorly have wrestled with my image of my stomach post kids, because that's something that no matter how hard I work out, no matter how clean I'm eating, it's just not budging. And, um, it's funny because I one time did a Facebook Live about it and I got all these messages about, well, have you tried this and that and this? And I was like, oh, I was just sharing, you know. But anyways, yeah, that's beside can the I, point. <laughs> can yeah. I
1: share something on the opposite end of that? Because I hear a lot of women tell me that. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm moving into 11 years of marriage, with which also means I'm moving into 11 years of infertility. And looking in the mirror and not seeing stretch marks feels almost as much of a failure as what women tell me it feels like to have the stretch marks because I look in the mirror and I see a body that didn't function the way it was supposed to and didn't work the way it was supposed to. And isn't that
0: yeah. interesting? Well, I'm glad you said that because that's what I was going to say is that God started convicting me recently of Rachel, why are you cursing something that blessed you? Like you're that blessed you with kids. You bore you, you know, so even just this morning after I worked out, I was like, they, I even touched my stomach and was like, thank you that you gave birth to these children. And thank you that you, you know, were able to do that. And so, and thank you for sharing that perspective. And That is so powerful for us to hear those flipped versions, you know, because the enemy is literally no respecter of persons or situations or, you know, age. And so, you know, it's just it is just crazy to me. And I am sorry. I I just want to tell you, I'm sorry that you've had to go through that as well.
1: Thank you. I mean, it's I, I don't know if I would change it for the world, but it has really God's taught me so much about love. Yeah. through adoption that I don't know if I would, if I would trade it, you yeah. know,
0: you know, I don't know that I knew that part of your story that all of your kids were adopted. For some reason, I was thinking it was like, you know, half and half or something like that. So that's really powerful. So how do you feel like you, you know, since you were just vulnerable and shared about the infertility, how do you feel like, has that played any role? Cause I know there's for sure ladies listening here today who are wrestling with infertility. How has that played a role in your body image type things?
1: Um, You know, it's, and I, I've heard a lot of comments from people that just don't know what they're saying about, well, you know, the positive thing about it is that it's not going to ruin your body. And, Mm. you know, I could go on about just people, sometimes people just don't think before they open their mouths Mm -hmm. and it's, it's difficult. It really is difficult, especially when it's unexplained, when you've gone through all the tests and there's really no answer. And I just have to sit in the promise that there's a reason for it and God will be glorified through it. I'm still in the season of waiting. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And if it's not, it's not. But um, I just really have to hold on to God's promises that, you know, He had a, a specific reason for why He chose not to open my womb. And, you know, it did play a part in the body image of telling myself that my body was broken. Mm-hmm. And I think because. I told myself my body was broken and my body didn't work. That made me work harder at making myself look better Yeah, to kind of hide and cover up the pain.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. See, this is why I just love conversations like this because I I even – I really try to keep myself, especially since I'm in school to become a – counselor, I have learned a lot about how little we know about what other people are going through, you know, and so just like right now talking with you, I mean, we have none of this planned, it's not script or anything, but just just talking with you and hearing how the flip side, you know, how, like you said, many women were always saying things out loud about all this stomach when really... Not only is it hurting me, it's also piercing you, you know, because you are like, well, I would love to have stretch marks. I mean, that's just such a perspective shift. I'm going to, I'm not kidding. I just got freedom today. So thank you. (laughs) You're (laughs) welcome. Yeah. So that's, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's a vulnerable thing to share. So I appreciate it.
1: Um, And I also, can I add something really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. I did learn through that because I did spend a lot of time, you know, when I would hear women say that. My response would be, at least you can get pregnant. And if you heard the inflection in my voice in the at least, mm. that was some bitterness and stronghold that I had not gotten rid of, that mm. I had not given over to the Lord. So I also want us to be mindful as women to not have that at least yeah. in front of someone else's comments, because that, that's going to hold us back, too. And that's also, like you said, with the yardstick, that put, puts a wedge in between relationships with women, maybe, maybe at least someone else can get pregnant, but you know what? I'm happy for you. I'm so blessed that God did fulfill that part of your life. And so I had to learn to get rid of that, that at least
0: yeah, part of me. Yeah. And I'm thankful you shared that too, because you know, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't talk to other people about their struggles, because I think this a lot in my head of, well, at least you know, my house didn't burn down or at least, you know, so whatever you're struggling through, we diminish it instead of t- like, so I don't feel like I should talk to anybody about it. So I'm like, well, at least I, you know, still have a roof over my head or whatever, which is, you know, that's thinking positive and that's good, but it is also a little detrimental when we don't feel like we can share anything because of that. So that, that's really a powerful point. Thank you for, for bringing that up too. Oh, this is so good. Um, Okay, so before we move on, did you have any other thing from the body image survey that you wanted to share?
1: I don't think so. I I asked another question, too, of, you know, in one word, how does your body look to others? And the interesting part was the words were more positive Mm. when we assumed what other people thought our body looked like than what we thought our body looked like ourselves. So that was just interesting to me. I mean there was a a decent amount of negative words, but overall there were more positive words in our perception of what other people think.
0: That's interesting. Huh. I mean I can see that on one hand, but at the same time, yeah, that's just interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting. And of course, we also see our worst and so we feel like maybe we can hide. Some of our flaws to people or something. Maybe that's part of that. See, I love, I could devout, we could talk about that survey all day long because I love, 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 love that kind of stuff because it's just very, I feel like stuff like that gives people a chance to actually say the things that they may not say out loud. You know, if you were just having a conversation with them and you said, tell me with one word you know, to describe your body, I don't think many people be like flabby, you know, they'd be like, Oh, strong, you know, they'd come up with something nice if they're talking to you. But on the surveys, they get real. So I like that. Okay, so I am curious that talk that you do the mirror mirror, you said it's off the wall conversation about body image. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that anywhere online that people can listen to it? No,
1: it's not. But you can book me to speak at your event and I'd be happy
0: to come and deliver it for you. Yeah. Okay. So just so uh, keep that in mind, because I have had a chance to have a If you get that talk and it is really, really powerful. In fact, there's a quote you said in that talk that you give and it said, angels don't rejoice when our bodies meet a standard. Angels rejoice when a lost soul chooses Christ. That one just smacked me upside the head. I'm not going to lie, like in a good way, though, you know, like, oh, it almost goes really well with what you were talking about a second ago when you're saying, take your eyes off of her and, you know, and look up. So I really liked that. Thank you. Yeah, so we've already talked a little about the comparison trap and different things. Let's wrap up the conversation then by talking a little bit about we've talked about what we think body image issues are, but what are, what is it not? What is body image not?
1: Sure. So in my talk, um, I go through five different things that body image that does not cause body image because I think we want to blame our body image on a lot of different things. You know, if if society would change, you know, women could love their bodies better. And so I'm going to share three of them with you today. One of them, it's not your body. Your body is not actually the issue. No matter what shape or size your body is, it is not the reason for your body image struggles. And the second one, it's not another woman's body. You know, we talked about this a lot already, but another woman's beauty, her shape, her size, her fitness, it's, it's not the reason for your body image because another woman's beauty doesn't make you less beautiful.
0: Mm, that's good.
1: And number three, it's not social media. We want to blame social media on every or blame everything on social media. And while I think we can do a lot better with social media, I don't think it's the reason for our body image issues.
0: Yeah. So at that point, are you saying that even if I were just to completely get off social media, I still would have body image issues?
1: I think we would. I don't Mm -hmm. think we would think about it as much. Mm -hmm. But you're going to go to Target and go shopping and you're probably going to start comparing yourself to the woman in the ad or someone else, you know, trying clothes on. So I don't think social media is the actual issue for our body image.
0: Yeah. Are there any healthy habits to help us navigate social media?
1: Yeah, I think if we put a social media management plan in place where Mm -hmm. we actually prepare ourselves prior to scrolling, Mm -hmm. you know, we go on social media for a reason and for a purpose, but maybe it's through prayer. Maybe it's through a devotion time or actually acknowledging, I have this struggle and I am going to prepare myself before I get on social media, prepare my mind, prepare my heart for not allowing this to take over me.
0: Yeah.
1: you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it, setting time limits, or maybe you have to unfollow certain accounts.
0: Yeah, that's such great advice. And I, I always have to keep that at the forefront of my mind because I know for myself, and I think a lot of people, social media can be an addictive thing. And so a lot of times when we get on it's not with purpose. It's kind of like grabbing for that bag of cookies, you know, something to numb the pain maybe or numb the board, you know, numb whatever feeling it is. And so I think that's really, really good to keep that in mind of where am I, you know, like, can I even do a mental check-in before I get on social media? And if I can't, I probably shouldn't get on because it's not going to be a good thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. So those are some of the things that um, body image is not. Then what is it?
1: So in my talk, this is a big reveal. This is the end of the talk that I'll <laughs> share it with you guys. It, I do truly believe it goes back to our hearts. Mm-hmm. It really truly is our heart. And if you look deep down in the heart, and I love the book of James for this, where it talks about our desires and it goes down to what at the root of everything is our desire. So I have a question in my talk that I ask is, is your desire for a and hot bod bigger than your desire to glorify God? And that question usually opens up a lot of eyes because for so many years, that was me. Even after I was saved, even as I was a strong Christian and growing in my faith, if I were to be serious and really honest with myself, my desire for a and hot bod I I use it because it rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> it was really bigger than my desire to glorify God. I mean, yeah. it was, and I had to go back and look at my behaviors, my actions, my words. I had to, you know, put them up to what God calls us to do, and I wasn't living out my ability to glorify God. I was really living for my desire to create a better body.
0: I love that you brought this point up because in one of the last episodes, that was one of the things I talked about was it all starts with the submitted heart. And I remember when God started poking on me about this same topic, it's really uncomfortable, especially if you're listening today and and you hear that question of is your desire, you know, which where does your desire lie? It can be honestly even a little like, oh, how dare you? You know, how dare you mess with that? Like, yes, it's for the smoking hot, but, you know, I mean, it's just it is definitely a wrestling for sure. Um, but I think it's a great question to I know I have to constantly bring myself back to that thought as well, too.
1: I don't ever want anyone to get the impression that I am opposed to weight loss or opposed to you know, changing our bodies or losing weight or looking better because those things are not bad things. They Mm -hmm. are not bad things, but we have to figure out which we desire more because Mm -hmm. that desire will lead us to our thoughts and our feelings and eventually our behaviors.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's good. I know. I'm glad you said that because I try to. I try to say that often too. Like, hey, no, don't get me wrong. We do need to take care of our bodies and we do need to, you know, do those sorts of things. But it's just when it becomes an, an obsession or an idol that it gets dangerous. So that's really good. So, what are some healthy body image habits that you could share with us? Some practice. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Things. Again, in my talk, I go through five. I'm going to share a couple with you today. First and foremost, like you know, most of us know, daily time with God is absolutely important. And I can tell if I go a couple of days or a week or more without that quiet time without being in the word, without meditating on God's word, I can tell. I can tell that I am back to starting to compare myself. I am back to the old thoughts. I'm back to using those words to define who I am. And I think when we are rooted in God's word and who he says we are, that that's our biggest defense against body image and going back to where we were idling our body and having those strongholds in our life.
0: Yeah. Don't you love how it all all always comes back to God? And that seems like so simple, you know, but it's like, yep, if you just abide in him, that's, that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Two more really quick. Um, there's something that I call mirror management. Think about getting yourself ready during the day. And how, especially if you have kids and you're rushing through your morning and you're getting dressed and you're drying your hair and you're in the mirror and you're making breakfast, we really don't prepare ourselves for the reflection that we see in the mirror. And so if you're already struggling with your body image and you're getting out of the shower and you glance in the mirror or you're getting dressed and your heart is not prepared and you're not being purposeful with your thoughts, your whole day can get shot by the thoughts of, oh, I look awful again, or look at, you know, this part of my body, you know, fill in the blanks with whatever women are saying about themselves. You know, my my hips are so big, or I'm never going to lose this weight. And, and it can go on and on. And then those thoughts can just start to spiral out of control throughout the day. And before we know it, our entire day has been consumed with that, you know, short glimpse in the mirror, when we started our day in the morning, And so mirror management is really just a practice of preparing your heart before you look in the mirror. So giving yourself, you know, God's words in your head and meditating on those and looking in the mirror. And maybe it's a statement that you have prepared of, I don't like how my body looks now, but I am working on it. I don't like how my body looks now, but I know God still loves me. And in being truthful with it, you know, we don't want to put fluffy statements in place that don't really have any merit. But, you know, we want to own our reality, what's going on right now. You know, maybe we do need to lose weight. But what's the truth of that? Are you working on it? What do you know about who God says you are? And I think if we have that mirror management plan in place, you know, it's going to make our days so much better.
0: I love that. Have you ever done? I've seen these and I've never put them up. I, I've done sticky notes before, but I've even seen decals that you can even put like on your mirror, you know, or something. I think that might be cool too. Uh, yeah, there.
1: that's the that's a great idea. Yeah, and I have one more. Okay. One more um, tip is to find friends. And I think too often we are really scared to offend our friends, and so when our friends make comments ab- about their bodies, and a lot of times when we are insecure, we make either negative comments or funny comments about our bodies. Um, And I hear a lot of people tell me, yeah, I tell my friends all the time that, you know, I'm going to be hard to chase because I like to eat cake or, you know, I've heard a lot of different comments that are supposed to be funny or maybe our friends say something along the lines of I'm just so fat or I just hate my body today. And because we think we're being a good friend, we say, oh, no, you're not. You're just, you're beautiful. God thinks you're beautiful. But what we really need to do is come alongside that friend and we need to lift them up with truth. And we need to actually encourage them to not say those things about themselves and to help them discover a new phrase or a new way to say it or point them back to the truth. And so that's my my final tip is find friends that will do that and be the friend that's going to do that for somebody else.
0: Yeah. I think that's really powerful, too, about be the friend, because it is really hard to find friends that will do that these days. Just Mm -hmm. like you said, everybody's so terrified of of offending and, you know, all ruffling feathers and everything. And so um that really that is showing love to your friends to do, you know, if you're if you're really a friend, then you should have permission to speak into their life. And that is really, really powerful. Okay, so before we hop off here, do you have anything else just on your heart that you'd love to just leave the ladies with?
1: You know, I, I think the foundational encouragement of my heart and my ministry is to really encourage women to grow in a world that tells us to shrink. Mm-hmm. And so when we have a growth mindset, you know, we hear those words and a lot of times we think money or we think career. But when we have a growth mindset with our bodies and with our, our mission, with our stories, um, it gives us permission to not feel like we have to keep getting smaller. Mm -hmm. And so I think that would be my number one encouragement is ladies grow, you know, grow, stop feeling like you have to continue to shrink to fit in.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's so good. Grow in a world that tells us to shrink that that has so many deep meanings to it. I love that. That's a perfect way to end. So if people want to stay connected with you online, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on com. It's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-E-K-I-S-S. And if you do forward slash real talk, I will have some fun things in there just for listeners of Rachel's podcast.
0: Perfect, yeah. And I will make sure in the show notes, that link is there as well as any other links to find you on social media and whatnot. So thank you, Kristen, for taking the time to come and share. I really feel like this message is going to bring hope to ladies and to men. Honestly, I, I know I said ladies several times, but you know what? I know some guys who have struggles in this area as well. And so um, that I definitely feel like this, this is going to speak to a lot of people. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me
0: wasn't that such a fresh perspective on body image? I know Kristen shared many things that challenged me to flip the script in my thinking. Kristen is giving away three copies of her Eating with Biblical Intention course, which is a $49 value. I personally have it and it's awesome. To enter to win one of those copies, you can do that two ways. You can leave a review right here on iTunes for this show. And then you can also enter over on Instagram. There'll be a post for the show. You can enter there. And be sure to check out her link that she mentioned. I'll have that on the show notes. But just in case, it's kristenekas.com backslash real talk. Actually, that's a forward slash. I get those two mixed up all the time. I don't know about you guys. Um, She's got lots of freebies waiting there for you. And hey, don't forget, make sure you're also signed up for my emails. You can just sign up at rachelgilbert.com. There's a little pop-up that comes up. And that way... You always get notified when there's a new show out and also all these links to the different things that we talk about in the shows. I try to include those in that email. And by the way, I do not spam you with a million emails. I am lucky to email my people once a week. So if you do sign up for that, don't worry. I will not be another noisy thing in your inbox. It'll just make it where it's nice and convenient and get all of those things right in one spot. As I wrap up today's show, I just want to tell you that I prayed this summer series on biblical body image has blessed and encouraged you to dig deeper into this topic and ask God what he says to you about your body and how he wants you to take care of it. It really is always an honor that you choose to listen to this podcast and allow the Lord to speak through my guest and I into your heart and life. May the Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.